Michelle Timish, today's guest, is the CEO of Crowdfund Main Street, a FINRA-registered crowdfunding portal she operates with the goal of helping underserved entrepreneurs, including women and BIPOC founders. She will be speaking at SuperCrowd22. She'll also share insights about her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. It's just so good to have you back on the show. Always a pleasure, Devin. I love talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You, you know, uh, I, I like to think, and I, I apologize for this self-aggrandizing comment, but I think of us as kindred spirits that, uh, in fact, you and I care about many of the same things. And so it really is uh, fun to, to talk to you again. Um you you recently had me on your show, uh, your podcast. Uh, thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show. I'm so grateful. Why don't you just take a minute, just in case uh, anyone here on my show, my audience doesn't know about yours, tell tell them a little bit about your show so that they don't uh, so they can track it down. Sure. Sure. So my podcast that I do uh, with my business partner Jenny Casson is called Capital Insight. And we focus on talking to both sides of the equation, right? We talk to entrepreneurs who have successfully raised capital on their own terms. That's um, getting those stories out and giving people an opportunity to see how others are doing this, as well as talking to investors who are doing things a little bit differently as well. We like to have both sides of those occasions. And then we have people, fantastic people who are ecosystem people, such as yourself, who um, are aware of the work in the small business finance ecosystem and have creative ideas and things to say about that. That's the focus of the podcast. So um, we get a, a, a huge variety, really, of people on. Sometimes it's an investment advisor that's um, helping clients figure out what percentage of a portfolio to put into direct investing um, or an entrepreneur who's who's raising capital. No, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Michelle, I'm really... Uh... Grateful that you had me on, and I hope lots of people will tune into your show because it's very educational. Um, you are the CEO of Crowdfund Main Street, uh, uh, an investment crowdfunding portal regulated by FINRA under the guidance of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, this is a, a really cool thing to be a part of. Why did you go to the trouble creating this tool for people? A question I ask myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there are days, right? <laughs> there are days. The when, when, when the Jobs Act, the 2012 Jobs Act passed, I was not, I had been in uh, small business finance. I was practicing law in California and I, most of my clients were closely held businesses. Uh, and a lot of the focus of my work was actually transitioning businesses from one generation to the next or selling it to key employees. So we were always dealing with finance and capital I became really interested in 
finance and all the different creative ways we could structure exits for our founders, things like that. So when the 2012 Jobs Act came along, I thought, this is so game changing. This is incredible that we will now be able to open up investing in small businesses, direct investing in small businesses. We'll be able to open it up to everyone. Even though my client base was very high net worth individuals, it was still very surprising to me how limited sometimes the access to capital was just because the marketplace was a very small ecosystem. So I was really excited. Uh, And then I kind of forgot about it as I was impatient for the regulations. As you know, uh, even though the Jobs Act, 2012 Jobs Act gave us the the law, it took four years to get the actual regulations. So we couldn't maybe implement the longest the four years of our lives, right? <laughs> the longest four years of our lives, and I had been familiar with some of the um, you know crowdfunding, the real estate platforms, things like that, and thought naively that there was going to be this huge shift in 2016, in May of 2016, when we got those regs and people were going to flip the switch and do the regulation crowdfunding. And when that happened, I was mortified that there was nothing that looked any different. It was all business as usual. A lot of the hype and the early commentary around the platforms that existed and that were out of the gates starting were focused on really helping people to uh, invest alongside venture capital. There were a lot of, there was a lot of talk around, you know, we'll teach you how to be a mini VC uh, and you can invest in these same types of deals. And while there's nothing wrong with that ecosystem for the individuals that it it is a fit for, the vast majority are not a fit for that type of, of, of capital. So I was very disappointed. I then started asking around, you know, who's who's really doing this? I did not know Jenny Casson at the time, but very quickly her name came up. And we had a meeting, got together, and we were bemoaning the fact that it didn't look good for Reg CF. And since Jenny was, you know, the person that wrote the petition with her intern, Janelle Orsi, to the SEC to open up investing to everyone, I, you know, I was disappointed that she was disappointed <laughs> in, in, in the results. So... I was practicing law, she was practicing law, and we started thinking about, gosh, what would it look like if somebody who is values aligned with what we see, the, the prowess of this tool as an economic development tool, really, in its, in its highest, best form, which it hasn't achieved yet. But um, And if you know anything about Jenny Kasson, you know that if you dare to dream you're in big trouble. She's pretty much going to say, oh, yeah, you should totally do that. (laughs) So uh, that was really, that was July of 2016. And uh, by the following year, I was applying to to, um, 
to be an approved platform. Yeah, uh, it, it's it is exciting to see that you you did that, and you know now you're helping real entrepreneurs raise money. You have kind of a, a significantly different focus than most of the other platforms, which I think you outlined as a key part of the motivation. Uh, talk to us a little, a little bit about what makes Crowdfund Main Street different and how you're trying to serve, especially those that have the fewest resources. Yeah, we, uh, I have long thought my background, my, my family was very entrepreneurial. Um, my grandparents were entrepreneurs. My parents were entrepreneurs and I grew up very middle-class and thought that life growing up middle-class saw it as I became an adult, raised my own children and realized that we really are losing our hold on our strong middle class. So I've always believed that the strong middle is what makes America great. Uh, and, you know, it's a tide that lifts all boats. We have, we'll always have a segment of our population that needs more support. But if we keep the middle strong, then we've got resources for the most needy. So, Entrepreneurship, in my mind, has always been a path towards self-sufficiency, self-determination, the good old American lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, all you have to do is work hard and you can get where you're going. And I started to see that that just wasn't as true as it used to be. So the platform, I didn't want it to be just uh, another platform. Um, when I raised capital to launch the platform, I was really careful about who I pursued as investors for the platform. I knew it was going to take a, a long time. I'll be honest, I didn't know it was going to take as long as it's taking. <laughs> uh, I think that if we know those things in advance, maybe we wouldn't do things like have children and launch crowdfunding platforms. But but here we are. <laughs> and um, <laughs> You've got some some other stuff going on that is very mission aligned. Uh, let's start first with uh, your investor group that you have formed. Uh, it's similar to the little group that we have in, in my community, the Impact Cherub group. You, you've created one, uh, Angels of Main Street. Is that what you call it? Right. Angels of Main Street. Angels of Main Street was uh, born about um, six to eight months after the launch of Crowdfund Main Street, when we realized that really um, platforms are intermediaries, right? So they're bringing together both the entrepreneur side and the investor side. And we wanted to make sure that people who wanted to learn about deal flow on investment crowdfunding platforms had a place to go uh, the lifetime membership for Angels of Main Street costs $100. So if anybody can join for $100 and be a member for life. We ask that people commit to investing a minimum of $500 a year directly in a company. So not in a fund, um, oftentimes regulation crowdfunding offerings, which are one of the easiest ways to invest directly. 
And um, really were surprised at the, the different folks that showed up. We have people who are very seasoned professional investors who are working toward divesting out of the public markets, in some cases, 100% divested out of the public markets. That's not super common. We still have the vast majority of people having assets in both the public markets and making direct investments. And then a lot of people who are coming to us looking for information, maybe they have a newly self-directed IRA and aren't really um, self, they don't self-identify as an investor, not in any sort of professional sense. So they're looking for some information. Um, how do you break a deal apart? What do you look for? Those kinds of things. So the group gets together um, once a month virtually. We were doing in-person meetings prior to the pandemic, but uh, this way we get to have a presence around the country. So we get together. And then oftentimes what will happen is there will be an interest in a particular offering or one or more offerings um, on either Crowdfund Main Street or another platform. And there will be individuals that want to go deeper and do some due diligence. Uh, even people who we do not require anybody to invest it's all optional. But uh, what we have found is that things like going through crowdfunding offerings, and I know you do that in Cherub as well, that it's, it's a good way to teach people how to look at things that they care about. You know, can they find what they need? And most people will find after looking at several crowdfunding offerings that you get basically the same information. Some companies do a better job than others, but you get a lot of the same information. So it starts to become more familiar to people to say, oh, you know what I'm looking for? I would like to know, you know, X, Y, Z. Are they thinking they're going to be profitable in five years? Or what's the, you know, what are they offering? How, mu how much am I paying for these shares if it's equity? Um, what's, the, what's the multiple on a revenue share debt? So because we are not cookie cutter, um, we're not a cookie cutter platform in the sense that we require you to have some off the shelf instrument, fortunately, because we are business and corporate and securities attorneys, we like the idea of helping people craft an offering that's actually unique to them. And it makes sense for their business based on how they want to exit their investors. So those are the things that we use the investment club to do to have those more in-depth conversations. That's, that's fantastic. You also have another initiative you've launched that's pretty significant in your new hometown of Baltimore. Tell us about Opportunity Main Street. Yeah, Opportunity Main Street was born. The idea was actually born in California, uh, but, but because of real estate prices, it really didn't pencil out. So Opportunity Main Street is an economic development fund that currently has a project in downtown Baltimore. The idea behind the project is to bring together an entrepreneur hub, an investor hub, 
when we used to do events for entrepreneurs, we would always have uh, one evening at least where investors would join the entrepreneurs and try to create connections and conversation between the two groups and realized that that was just not enough, that there still was kind of an awkwardness, a shyness, just putting people together that um, we felt like were very values aligned. It was difficult to cram it all into maybe an hour and a half cocktail party or gathering. So the idea behind Opportunity Main Street is that we will have a um, thriving kind of hospitality business. We're taking it as uh, in made in Baltimore, we've got a lot of makers. We've got a lot of makers. We've got a lot of food entrepreneurs and they struggle to find affordable places, either commercial kitchens or retail space. So the first level of our um, 8,500 square foot four-story building will be commercial endeavors that essentially run cooperatively. The other thing that we're doing is we're pooling resources. So if you're a food entrepreneur in the city of Baltimore and you need access to a commercial kitchen, you need that to be affordable. You also want it to be a resource. So there's a big kind of farm to table movement here. Even in Maryland, you can get 50 weeks of fresh produce a year. It's it's pretty powerful and compelling. Wow. And there's a lot of work locally to combine forces on the parts of farmers. So that movement is here, but not being uh, utilized as much as it, it, it should be because of the economies of scale. So one of the things that we can do by having relationships with dozens of entrepreneurs is to bring together the two groups, uh, elevate the food scene in an affordable way here, combine economies for scale. And then we will also have in the upper floors of the building, we will be renting out, we'll have kind of a boutique hotel arrangement. And the idea is that we've now got space we are renovating currently, but we've got space to host events and gatherings where we can really put together people who are enjoying shopping local, eating local, uh, and turning them on to the opportunity to invest locally. So we are working with an organization called Wealth Builders here in Baltimore. And um, they're one of the few organizations in the country. I actually don't know of another one. I, I'm, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I've looked a lot for people doing this kind of thing. And the executive director there, Stephanie Geller, is very focused on activating retail investors, teaching people what it would be like to invest directly in their uh, communities. So taking, again, small amounts of money, that's the idea behind crowdfunding. You know, we're talking about smaller amounts from larger numbers of people. But I think it's important to note that we need to activate different funders if we're going to change who gets the funding. And that really is, in my mind, the best use of crowdfunding is to start activating people to pick 
what businesses are in their communities, pick what they fund, pick businesses that are aligned with them from a values perspective. I don't know if you you know, you probably get your newsfeed like my newsfeed, where every day you're getting a list of all the mega corporations that are putting money into the things that are really destroying the social fabric of our country while, you know, propping up their images on the one hand, but doing things behind the scenes on the other hand with, with you know, where they put their money all of them getting to the point where we're losing customer service. When you've got that kind of power, you don't have to deliver. Remember when small businesses were actually good citizens in a community and had obligations to behave themselves. So, you know, I think that that those are the kinds of things that I look forward to coming back to our communities. Yeah, great. Great take. I, I'm so grateful that uh, you're doing all that great work, but I'm, I'm maybe I have to admit I'm selfishly very excited that you'll be speaking at the Super Crowd 22 in September. Uh, this is going to be such a great event, in part because you're there, uh, but you'll be teaching a session on uh, crowdfunding, investment crowdfunding for female entrepreneurs. I think that's going to be wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your experience with that and, and what you think about crowdfunding for female entrepreneurs. Yeah. Women are special. Women are near and dear. Um, I don't know if it comes from my... I went to a, an all-girls private Catholic boarding school. So I've been living in community with women since I was 13. You know, And there is something special about really helping women step into their into their best selves particularly when it comes to something like a small business women have a different set of mindset issues when it comes to raising capital we focus a lot on helping women uh understand that the fact that you need investment capital is not that you've done something wrong. You know, women are cultured differently in our country about money than men are. So women, I have a special place in my heart for helping women who uh, have all the skills, all the talent that they could ever need to do something, but they may need to overcome some mindset issues before they can really step into their full power. The other thing about women that has proven correct in terms of the regulation crowdfunding space is that women and people of color are doing better on investment crowdfunding platforms than in any other finance ecosystem. So about 70% of the time, a woman or a person of color will reach their minimum investment. That's the good news. So we do know that this tool is a is the tool that we thought it would be. It's going to be great for these for that demographic. The 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 less good news is that they're still raising about a third, only about a third overall from their male counterparts. So we've got a ways to go. Uh, so, But those are some of the things that we'll be touching on and focusing on the showcase that we're really excited about. The, the All the people that you have put together for this, this is really one of the most compelling events 
since this really began about five years ago, because I think the industry is old enough now that you've been able to work on identifying who really are all the players, all the different nuances, all the different kinds of offerings and platforms. So it's it's going to be um, probably the the cat's meow in terms of, of this. So you won't want to miss this showcase if you have any interest in the small business finance world. Uh, uh, thank you. I, I think it's going to be great. Uh, so uh, we're grateful, very grateful uh, that uh, Crowdfund Main Street has agreed to co-host Super Crowd 22. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. But one of the things that implies is that people in your community can get a special deal on admission. They can get uh, tickets about half price. So um, I don't know if you want to tell people how to do that now, but uh, they can always reach out to you, right, to figure out how to get in on the Crowdfund Main Street Super Deal for Super Crowd 22. And we just, um, we have a, a code, anyone who, and, and maybe that can be put in the show notes um, for the podcast. Sure. The dis- yeah, we can do that so that. Yeah, if, if you're you okay with me these- sharing that, I'll put it right in the show notes so people can sure. register with. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, it is, it is going to be a great event uh, in part, in large part, because of the support of uh, Crowdfund Main Street and your engagement with us. So we're, we're thrilled to have you be a part of this. Um, Michelle, you have done some amazing things. Launching a, a FINRA registered portal is a big deal and helping people raise capital on it. Big deal. Uh, Opportunity Main Street. I mean, that's a huge deal. Uh, I am so impressed that you've been able to pull that off and make that work. Underlying all of that is a skill set. What do you think of within that skill set as being your superpower? I am a very practical problem solver. Um, I think that the really the analytical thinking from the legal training side is is something that definitely helps sort of evaluate things but i think just my nature is very um i'm a practical problem solver i believe there are solutions to all problems so for me it's about communication openness and problem solving i guess that's multiple superpowers but I, I i see it under the under the umbrella of really uh communication yeah yeah okay uh, can you think of an example where you use that communication superpower and problem solving skills to uh actually accomplish something that you're proud of yeah probably the Probably the biggest thing was really just the just the shift in launching something like this, having to go out. One of the things that um, I like to point out is that I'm almost always raising capital myself. I can't seem to get away from it. I seem to always want to you know, be doing something that requires me to raise capital, which I've been doing for decades. 
and putting that together in such a way to convince people to take a chance on a different kind of a platform. So that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of is being able to convince people that this tool is has got more prowess than we are than we are seeing and of course this was years ago but back in 2018 when it was really new so i think that was um something that i'll always remember very fondly uh, being able to go to people that i respect care about and get them to sort of see the potential of investment crowdfunding even though we have a long way to go um, and and ask for patience. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really uh, fantastic. Now, I want to ask you as a follow up, how would you coach people to develop your superpowers of communication and, and, and problem solving? How can they be more like you? Yeah, um, actually, the transformational coaching piece is part of a service that is offered uh, in the legal work that I do. And the one of the things that is the most compelling is teaching people to do the opposite of what we're inclined to do. Mostly when we run into challenges and problems, we tend to step back away from those challenges and problems and the power is comes from a place of standing in that place of discomfort and that's probably the single most important step you know any transformation takes work but the very first thing that has to happen before you can transform is a commitment to change so that commitment to change is is probably the first step if you can get there you can get the rest of the way with the right tools well, yeah fantastic well michelle thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today uh, i'm so grateful for your insights again i reiterate my appreciation for your participation at super crowd 22 before you go would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Crowdfund Main Street or Opportunity uh, Main Street or Angels of Main Street. We don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> Help people connect with you. Yeah. So all of those sites, you know, Angels of Main Street, um, Opportunity Main Street, Crowdfund Main Street, there's a there's an education section, a learning section on the platform. There's a video that um, helps kind of explain about us. So there's lots of resources on all of those websites for all those organizations, Angels of Main Street, Crowdfund Main Street. There's also a crowdfund. Uh, we have a local label platform called Crowdfund Montana that is a trade name of Crowdfund Main Street. So there's information there as well. And um, anybody can reach out. There's help buttons on those sites. If you want to send an email, you can get in touch with us that way. Oh, fantastic. Again, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for all the great things you're doing in the world. We wish you all the success in the world 
in helping people succeed uh, in doing difficult things. Thank you, Devin. And thank you for all of your hard work and um, support that you provide through the Crowdfunding Professional Association, your podcast, your investor group. It's just really wonderful to have um, insiders who can help share information and educate people about this tool. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.